The pressure to innovate is constant. It can be crippling or it can be a catalyst for your best thinking and your best work. Every year, Harvard Business School Executive Education helps executives like you understand the forces that drive change and find new approaches to compete and win on innovation. Change course. Get ahead. Go. Start by going to hbs.me slash go. That's hbs.me slash go. Love Talk Radio. The Love Zone Disclaimer. You are solely responsible for your interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA. You understand that the Love Zone USA does not in any way screen its listeners, nor does the Love Zone USA inquire into the backgrounds of its listeners or attempt to verify the statements of its listeners. The Love Zone USA makes no representations or warranties to the conduct of listeners or their compatibility with any current or future listeners. In no event shall the Love Zone USA or Blog Talk Radio be liable for any damages whatsoever, whether direct, indirect, general, special, compensatory, consequential, and or incidental, arising out of or relating to the conduct of you or anyone else in connection with their use of this service, including without limitation bodily injury, emotional distress, and or any other damages resulting from communications or meetings with other listeners of this service or persons you meet through this service. You agree to take reasonable precautions in all interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA, particularly if you decide to meet in person. In addition, you understand that the Love Zone USA makes no guarantees, either expressed or implied, regarding your ultimate compatibility with individuals you meet through listening to the Love Zone USA.
That's the sound of Billy Ocean here inside the Love Zone. You know, she was my on this night, a very special night. Oh, yeah, we're the single ladies at. This show is dedicated to you. All the single ladies in the house, we want you to be here. Love Zone is a place where we live and learn, and you can listen to your heart. I'd like to tell your host this evening. Our show tonight is built to me as well as I know a lot of men. A lot of men. Black uh, men don't get a lot of positive press. Uh, in the news or on talk shows, you know, they're always telling the other side of the story about black men. Well, tonight, we black men are going to speak. And we have who have put together a book. And the book is entitled, Why Black Women Are Alone. Now, these conversations have been had in the pops. But tonight, the barbershop comes to you, ladies. You hear the truth. I'm cut. And by two gentlemen who wrote the book. We're going to be talking to them. But we want you to move along. Because I don't want you to get the wrong impression about the show. The show is designed to educate, elevate, and entertain. That's the main purpose of the show. It's also designed to give that information where hopefully we make the choice to all of us. Now, don't tell me that you haven't made the choices. Well, if you have, this show is designed to help you make choices. By getting and designing, you might as well from the West now talk to your friend Sheila. Don't talk to her. The Health Network can't help them. Here's Sheila from the West now. I decided to get It's from some brothers who wrote a book about the district. We're going to talk to them in just a few minutes. But to uh, let you know that if you happen to have to leave for any reason, you can always take a show and go. That's right. These shows are archived. You can listen to any of our Love Zone shows, and they are on action. to take the show on the go. I said tonight's uh, topic is why black women are alone. Authors of the book, Jeff Douglas, and they're here on the line just waiting to talk to you before we <laughs> Well, I have a question for you out there. Well, the question is, where are all the single ladies at? <laughs> That's my question before we get to the uh, authors to me. Jacquez, I'm a single
a little bit of Bob James there. We had some technical difficulties. I guess my connection wasn't uh, what it should have been, but uh, we seem to have gotten that all worked out. We've got our guests back on the line. I want to get into some more music before we, um, you know, take you into our show tonight. But I want to give out that telephone number. The number is 347-539-5729. Just hold that thought for a minute because what we want to do is get our guest on so you can uh, get a chance to get an understanding about their book and what they want to present to you. And the book is entitled Why Black Women Are Low. Now, what are the real reasons? This show is about finding not only the problems, but also, presumably, solutions. Now, from each of us, if we share our experiences, that's how we live and learn on the show. And I've invited these gentlemen to be on this show because I think they have a lot to say. But for those of you uh, out there who think that uh, dating relationships should be left a chance, you know, that you should uh, run into this person via the parking lot, the church, uh, going down the aisle in the supermarket, no, something as important as till death do you part needs to have some thought to it. But if you do think that's the way you can find a relationship, and uh, that's why 50% of uh, marriages end up in divorce because we leave one of the most important things to uh, our lives to chance. Well, all I can say is what Rufus and Shaka Khan says, you're living in a paradise.
a fool's paradise. We're here to wake you up tonight. Inside the Love Zone with yours truly, Mike T. Your host is the place where we can live and learn, share our experiences, and hopefully we're going to try to do a small part using the power of the Internet to uh, decrease some of this divorce. Why? Because if people make better choices, they can have better relationships, and ergo, there will be two-parent households in uh, many communities, especially in the African-American community. Not only that it happens there, it happens throughout the world because of bad choices. And the choices happen during dating. But tonight's emphasis is on why black women are alone. And uh, I'd like to bring on my guests right about now. We have the authors of this illustrious book. Uh, I want to bring them into uh, the room and uh, have both of our guests here and as soon as they come on. This book was written to give a wake-up call for what men have been talking about for years in barbershops. Well, ladies, we're going to take the conversation out of the barbershops and into your living rooms, bedrooms, wherever your computer might be. That's where we're going to talk about it tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen, right now I'd like to introduce to you my uh, two guests, and I, it's my pleasure to bring them on because we need straight talk. We want it straight, no chasing tonight, uh, just the way I like my Hennessy. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is Hank there and uh, Jacquez? Are you there, fellas? Yeah, it's Jacquez. How you doing, man? Jacquez, yeah, how, are you? how are you? Yeah, I can hear yeah, you, man, my, uh, Can you hear me, Mike? This Hank. Yeah, Hank, I can hear you too. I can hear you too. Yeah, it's, uh, sorry about that, it's fellas. Ballard, man. That's uh, my last name is Ballard, actually, man. It's, you said Hank. Oh, Ballard. Ballard. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Ballard. I, okay. I it. it happens all the time. Oh well, I, I I guess I'm not the only one then. Well, I'm glad I got you guys on and uh, got the connection squared away. I'm sorry about that. I apologize. Uh, right, good like to be here. Had a little connection. Oh, I'm glad to have you guys. So why don't we get right into it, because I'm sure hopefully there will be a lot of calls tonight. Let me give out that number first, ladies and gentlemen, the telephone number, so you can call in and speak to our guests, authors of the book, Why Black Women Are Alone. The telephone number is 347-539-5729. Now, we want you to hold on to that just for a few, so we can talk to the guys and uh, get some insight about the book. So who would like to open it up? Why did you write the book, fellas? Uh, I'll open up. Yeah, I I wrote the book because I've had a lot of female friends over the years ask me why they can't keep a man, why they can't get one, and the ones they do have, why are they so unhappy, why are they unsatisfied? And a lot of times when I gave the answer, that caused more conflict than they had, you know, before they asked me the question. And so um, I was inspired to write it because honestly, it was just. It was time for men to just speak their minds. It was time for men to, I mean, for black men, or men, period, whatever, for, to just talk about their feelings without worry of consequence, without worry of um, of judgment. And I know I took a, I've taken a lot of shots for the, rate, the way the book was written, but I knew that before I even started the project. But it was something that I felt in my spirit that had to be said, and it had to be said the way uh, we, say, we said it. Okay. And... Uh... Why don't you give our audience a little bit of background and history uh, about yourselves and dating and what your experiences were before you wrote the book? Well, basically, me and Hank, um, we uh, went to high school together. We played football on the same team. We met at an old, old Miss football training camp. 
Um, and we kind of lost touch after graduation, but we came back in touch with one another through a mutual friend in um, 2000, late late 99, 2000. And ever since then, we've been working on different ventures together, and we sat down one day and were discussing all the different experiences that we had had with black women and our dating situations. And it just hit hang like a lightning bolt that night that, you know, we should write a book about this. Nobody's ever wrote it the way that we wrote it, and nobody's ever spoke about it in the way that we've spoken about it. So he felt like this would be something that would really grab people's attention, and so we decided to come together and finally make it make the truth be known. So. Well, all right. We're going to get into some, some of it right now before we get back into more music. Uh, why don't you take one of the titles of the book of the, as far as the chapters, and expound upon that, either one of you. I mean, uh, there, there are some, so many chapters in this book that, you know, just hit home. With most men who, as I state, we have those uh, comments in the uh, barbershops. So just choose one, and we'll take that one first, whichever one is the closest to your heart, and let's discuss it, and then we hopefully we'll take some calls as well. Which one stands out to you most importantly for this topic? as to why black women are alone. Well, um, the chapter, I mean, all the chapters uh, speak out because each one has, uh, I would guess they have a life of their own, but the problem to me would be the first chapter because it sets everything else up for for everything else because the, the problem, I wanted to start with that chapter and I wanted to call it that because a lot of black women that are my, that are my friends, Asked me what the problem was in their life, and I when I when they explained themselves to me, and I would tell them what the problem is, they would just I mean they would go ballistic about um, well, you don't know what you're talking about and and yada 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 and this and that and I tell them look you know like you know women I know men and I know how they are and what they like you can't you you as a woman cannot tell me what a man likes and what he's into like I can't tell a woman what women like and what they're into because I'm not one. And so the problem basically starts off with basically their attitude. You know, it's you know it's a backwards attitude. It's a uh, it's a illogical attitude. Every that's where everything starts. It starts with your attitude basically, and that's where the problem. That's where we got into it with the problem on chapter one. Um, basically, as I said, it sets everything else up for the next few chapters. But basically, it lays the groundwork for um, the if factor, the friend factor the pride factor, the me-me-me mentality, why black men cross over. We really couldn't get into all these chapters until we talked about the problem first. And the problem in one word, if I could describe the whole chapter in one word, it would just simply be attitude. Exactly. We're not talking about, we're talking about the things that some black women do that mess it up for the good ones out there. We're not saying that all of them act this way. We're just saying some. We're not saying most. We're just saying some. So we decided we wanted to put those problems to the light because, Black women speak about these problems amongst themselves all the time, but it seems to be a problem when a man decides he wants to step up and say something about it or make the or let the truth be heard. Well, fellas, I have to do this. Uh, I don't know if you heard recently there was a show on TV uh, on Nightline about black successful women, and did either of you get a chance to view that program or hear about it? No, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see it. Okay. Uh, well, let me do this. I want to play a clip from that show. I want you to listen right. to it. Stay on the air with me, and hopefully you can sure. hear it. 
and this is a young lady named Sherry. She's from The View, the TV show The View. And uh, uh-huh. I'll just play the I'll just play a clip from that TV show, and then we'll comment after. Here it is. What is the Denzel principle? What do you mean? Women are looking for men that don't exist. They're looking for this picture perfect archetype, this Denzel Washington to come pulling up to the house in a new Maybach Vans with, with a trunk full of Godiva chocolate and a suitcase full of $100,000 bills, and it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Sherry, is that what you're looking for? No, I, and none of my friends are looking for that. Um, I didn't know Denzel had a Maybach. But, I didn't um, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that our standards are too high. We should be looking for what we are. For me, I'm going, gosh, a, a man that loves God a man that loves his family, a man that gets along with his mother, a man that, that can support me as I will support him, a man that can fix my rotisserie because it broke. Um, you know, a man, I'm in here, I, I got a five-year-old little boy, so a man that could come in and add to my son's life, a man that doesn't mind seeing me take my wig off and help me take the cornrows out my hair. I, is that too picky? Wait a minute. Fellas, did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, we yep. heard it. <laughs> to me, it sounded like you were giving a politically correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> Jacquez, what is your take on her statement about um, that she needs a man to fix her rotisserie and uh, a man to help her get the corn cornrows out of her hair? Either one of you want to comment exactly. on that, what she's looking for? never once said anything she wants a man with good character. That's not one thing she said. She was making jokes the whole time and she was being completely unrealistic about what it is that she wanted in a man. If that's what you were looking for in a man, why is that that is not what you're chasing? You're always attracted to these thugs and these criminals and you have all these songs that are talking about I want a thug or I want a criminal, but this is the man you claim that you want, but yet that's not what you're chasing. Yeah, uh, Mike, I'd like to comment yeah. on that, man. Go, go ahead. I think, go ahead. I think, I don't know, I don't know who the gentleman was that was speaking to her, but I mean, he he was right on point. I mean, they they're looking for a, a man who does not exist. I mean, like like Jacquez just said, basically what it boils down to is character. I mean, you can have a man that has all those, you know, money, car, jewelry, this and that. But, you know, he's he's an asshole. He's arrogant. Excuse my language, but, I mean, I'm just being real. Um, that has absolutely nothing real. to do with – Yeah, that has absolutely nothing to do with the character of a person or how this – or that defining him as a man or even as a good man. Because I know lots of men, rich men, personally, I mean, that, you know, from the outside, look, from the outside, I mean, they're a dream come true. But once you get with that person, you see who they really are, you know – it's a whole different story. Find out but yet, <laughs> and honest, and so honestly, I feel like say that again, Jacquez. No, I say you when you get with them, you find out that the grass is so green. You were busy looking at all the glitz and the glamour of what this man had in his material possessions, but when you got to know him as a person, now you're running around talking about how did I get himself with this man. Who knows? He might be a man who have all the things that you claim that you want, but he may be abusive. Uh, yeah, he, he may be abusive. He may be a drunk. He may be, um, he may be suicidal. You never know. I mean, so you can't look on the outside. And like from what she was saying in the clip, 
I mean, all those things sound good, ideally, but always, always say the proof is in the pudding. Your actions are going to speak more than your words. But you can say all these things you want in a man. He's got to be this, and he's got to love God, quote, unquote, because that the, seems to be the main thing black women say. But when you see the type of man that they're dating, like if I, I live in Memphis, Tennessee, and I go out and see these women that um, some of these some of these guys these women get with, it's like, are you are you kidding me? Are you serious? But yet you say all these things. So I think it was more like it was say she was saying something politically correct and what what maybe she what wanted to be said, more as opposed to what was reality. Because in reality, all I got to do is look at who you're dating, who you're talking to, who who you're letting treat you a certain way, and I need to know. And I'll know everything about what you want in a man and what man you're really looking for. Mm-hmm. It's just to be said, it's to be said that they have all these different qualifications for a man. They want this and they want that and they want that and they want this. But okay, let's say you find this man. Who's to say he wants you? Because just like we said, if you find this kind of man and he's got all his shit together, it causes you to look back at yourself. If he's got his stuff together, what makes you think he want to get with a woman that's um, that's not willing to? stand by her man, does not want to let a man be a man and has a bad attitude, always causing drama in his life. What makes you think a man this good is going to want to be with you when you're acting like that? Well, the things that stuck out to me that she said, besides, you know, politically correct things, uh, was I want a man who can fix my roots history. And then I want the man to uh, help me take cornrows out of my hair. Which, now, you know what, Mike? Hold, hold, hold your thought. I, I just want to get this one little point in because this, this really struck okay. me. All right. Ja- I call him Jasmo Jeb. Jasmo Jeb can probably fix anything in the garage. He can fix that rotisserie in the garage. He can do everything, work in a garage. Okay, that's the man you're looking for, all right? Now you want Jasmo Jeb to be what I call uh, uh, merry-go-round Mel. <laughs> His wrist is so broke that he can do your hair. Now, that means he's gay. So now you want a guy who is manly enough to go fix your rotisserie, but gay enough. I'll say I'm going to say a straight up no chaser. Gay enough to take your cornrows out. Because I don't know too many men who do that well. I ain't one of them. I ain't one of them. Now, here, 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 here's something. I'm going to speak in my behalf. I can't, ahead, fix, your, I, I can't fix your rotisserie. But I can go to the barbershop and find Jasmo Jeb, and I can pay him to do it. And exactly. for the, the guy who, who you need to get your hair cornrowed, well, uh, uh, check this out, uh, ladies. I will pay for you to go to a black salon where there's a female who could do it better than merry-go-round Mel. Exactly. Exactly. You know what, so, Mike? And, I mean, she told she wants someone that can take out cornrows or, you know, do backflips and, you know, climb up the wall and swing on a vine. I mean, what what does that have – what the hell does that have to do with um, you being a good man or not? I mean, where, where in there does that mean you're a good man? If that's the case, I have a pretty good job. I make good money. I do all these things. So does that make me a good man? No, it does not because none of you that are listening to this radio show know me. Well, some of you on Facebook that are listening know me, but um, but that doesn't necessarily make me a good man. So, again, it's everything external, nothing internal. Like Jacquez said earlier, it all boils down to one word, character. And not one black woman I've talked to, and I've talked to a lot of them before I even wrote the book, 
said that word not one time to me as far as what they're looking for in a man. And ultimately, that's what it boils down to. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello, knock, knock. Ladies, are you home? Uh, oh, I'm not too old. Hey, forget about knocking on the door. Should I be ringing your bell tonight? Well, if you've got a comment, ladies, <laughs> fellas, you're going to stick around with me because I want to play a little bit of music, and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about more about the book. Would you guys do that, Hank? Jacques? Yeah, man, I'll be right here, man. All right, super, super. Right now, ladies, I'm going to get the phone lines open. We're going to come back and talk more about the book. I want to give you some music to listen to. The telephone number is 347-539-5729. Jazz Bo Jeb or Merry Go Round Mel ain't on this show. But I tell you who we do have, some real brothers, along with yours truly. And this one's dedicated to the ladies because, you know what, we're going to call this one The Makings of You by Gladys Knight, Inside the Love Zone. Calm it down, wouldn't ask for my call. Mm-hmm. Scared girl, let's go. Hey. 
hope she's yeah. listening. <laughs> Jacquez, hey, you back with me? Yeah, yeah All right. Well, let's get back into this book a little bit. Uh, why don't we go into the prize factor? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I want to bring in some callers. But before you do, ladies and gentlemen, the telephone number if you want to call into the Love Zone, USA, 347-539-5729. That number again is 347-539-5729. So, fellas, tell me real quick about the uh, prize factor, one of the chapters in the book. Where did that come from and how did that come well, about and what's it all about? Well, basically, we were sitting around, we were talking again, just like always. You, uh, every chapter has come from a discussion that me and Hank have had amongst ourselves. It basically says that, you know, everything we're saying that some black women do, everything that we're saying that they do in this book, we say, believe it or not, they already know about it. They know about the way they act, and they know about their selfish ways, and they know about their logical thoughts on relationships. But the thing is, they don't care. Some of them, you know, I'm going to be this way and nobody's going to ever change me and I'm just going to be my way or the highway. You have some women that are willing to be alone for the rest of their lives then rather change because you know it's a problem. I know women myself that act this way, but they refuse to change because they have so much pride in them that they just refuse to admit that they're wrong. So that's basically we decided we wanted to speak on that matter as well. You know what, Mike? Yeah, I'm here. Um, you know, the, the biggest the biggest misconception that's ever that society has put out, which is the biggest flop in the world, is you have to accept me as is. I don't have to accept the damn thing, right? You know what I'm saying? If, if you're going to be my woman for me and do the things that I like, then you have to conform to the things I like and do the things I do. Otherwise, you're wasting my time. You know, she like, and it, and it works both ways. You know. She didn't have to accept anything either. You know, if I'm not looking a certain way, mm-hmm. addressing a certain way, or talking a certain way, she has every right to walk away because I'm not what she's looking for. So where is mm-hmm. this mentality coming from that we've got to always, you know, she has a baby and gains 40 pounds. you got to accept her as is. Or you got to, um, no matter what her attitude is or how she acts, you got to accept her as is. No, we don't. We don't have to accept the anything. The bad thing is, is that why is it that women can constantly criticize and chastise us about our faults, but the moment a man does it to them, we looked at it as sexist, chauvinistic, and, you know, women did this, women had babies, you know, you don't understand what a woman's like, so you should just accept us as we are. Why should we have to do that for you if you don't have to do it for us? Why do you come, why do you come, with, this, why do you come with this long-ass list of you got to have a good job, good car, and this, that, and I'm not saying that these things are not important, but, I mean, there's this list, you know, 80 miles long. Yet if we come with a list like that, big titties, big ass, nice round, and I mean, pretty face, long hair, pretty hair and nails and feet or whatever, all of a sudden, oh, he's sexist. He's being, you know, a chauvinistic. He's being a pig. I mean, you've got to he has to accept the woman from the inside and all that. I'm not meeting your inside when I first meet you. I'm meeting your outside. Mike, men, men are visual. Men are visual too mm-hmm. quickly. So we're turned on by what we see. It's just it's natural. So I mean, the fact that you feel like you don't have to keep yourself up or do certain things, or and also we're creatures of habit. You know, we don't. Once we like something, you know, what I'm saying that's what we're used to. Whatever you start, you got to continue, and that goes for okay. habit-wise, 
sexual-wise, if you're cooking breakfast and everything else and all this in the morning, breakfast in bed, well, you got to keep doing it. If you're bringing other women into the bed and having threesomes, you got to keep doing it. If you're dressing sexy and looking slim and looking nice, guess what? You got to keep doing it. Otherwise, you can't be mad when he goes find, when he goes and finds someone else. That's just, it's just not, yeah. not that's that's well, thing, but there's a show on right now. There's a show that comes on TV called uh, What Chili Wants on VH1. Um, she is the quintessential example of what we're speaking of. She has this impossible list for what she wants her man to be. She has a friend on here. Her girlfriend is hooking her up with all these good men. These guys are even that they're models, they have good jobs, they're well-spoken, they're treating her with respect. She finds one thing that's not on her list, and she instantly drops it. This show has been on for, what, maybe six, seven weeks now. In every show, she drops a friend. She drops the guys for just irrational reasons. Her friend even went off on her on the show and told her, you have all these all these um, qualifications that a man is supposed to have. You want him to look good. He's supposed to have a six-pack. He needs to be a man of God. He can't eat pork. I, he, I was like, what? So why is that you can have a list for this impossible man that doesn't exist, but as soon as a man comes to you and says, and it's not even, our list is nowhere near as extreme as yours. We just want you to keep yourself looking good for us. We want you to show us affection. And, hey, men are sexual beings, so we want you to give us the kind of sex that we want. Why is it that when we ask those little small things um, compared to your mile-long list of unachievable or damn near impossible qualities, why is it that we're looked at funny, but your list is rational and ours isn't? The you know what, Mike? Go ahead. You know what, Mike? And it's just like I, like he said, um, there, there's this list that's so long. I mean, I've said this before, Mike. Men are so simple to the point that we're dang near primitive. As I said, men are visual, we are sexual, and we are creatures of habit. That's that's it, man. I mean, it's like, you know, you like your steak like this, like your coffee like this. You know, and, it, and that bothers – we're so simple to the point that it just it boggles a lot of women's minds, and they can't figure it out. And I've seen these magazines and these books, you know, 10,000 ways to – please your man and make him happy, it's only about three or four. I mean, it ought to be, you know, women have a novel on what it takes to please them. Men only have a pamphlet. You know, it's not that long. Exactly. And it's not that thick. And so with that and being said, getting, I mean. It's, it's, they're getting advice from women. They're getting advice on how to please a man from a woman. Why would you ask a woman? She doesn't know what it's like, what, it, what a man wants. You need to ask a man. Thank you. And, well, and yes, I, you know what, well, we, we talked. Yeah, go ahead. No, go, go go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish because I'm, I'm going to chime in yeah, with sir. it, and then we're going to bring the call in. Okay. Well, like I said, you know, Mike, we, we are sexual creatures. We are sexual beings. Men are very sexual. I mean, we're made this way. So stop being offended if we talk about sex a lot in the book or if there's a situation involving sex. I mean, not we're not saying it because we're just, you know, we're perv or anything. It's just a natural effect. I mean, it's just. It's what we want. It's what we like. And nine times out of ten, yeah, it is what we're looking for. I mean, let's just be honest. It is what we're looking for. We, I mean, a good attitude and a good mentality and a good heart mean a lot. But at the same time, we're also primitive in nature, and that is what we're looking for. So all these head games women play about, well, see, that's all you want from me and such and such. And why is it that you like it like this? I mean, this why, why is it relevant? We're made to, no, exactly. Why is it relevant? And why are we made to feel guilty about what it is we like and what we want. We're tired of sugarcoating, you know, uh, what we say to please women as far as, like, we're going to tell them what they want to hear so we can get in their drawers. 
No, that that time is over. I mean, I haven't read a whole lot of books about about dealing with black women, but at the same time, it's like I, the ones I've read were just were just so sugar coated and so overtoned with humor and you know and all these other unnecessary examples. And I'm like, man, just tell the damn point. Stop trying to not step on any toes and just tell it like it is. That's why the book is only like maybe 80 pages because we wanted to just be, bring up strong, valid points and let them deal with it. All right, now, 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 now I tell you what, I'm going to take a caller. We got a gentleman on the line. Is uh, uh, my producer there? Can you bring in Felix from New Jersey? Uh, let's take Felix from New Jersey. Let's see. Um, I'm going to get get him on the line. He wanted to say something. We have some women there, and if you guys bear with me for a few minutes, ladies, uh, we're going to take your calls as well. The number is three four seven. Five three nine fifty seven twenty nine. Is Felix in the in the in the love zone with us? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good, Felix. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Um, definitely, from what the brothers were talking about and everything, they hit it right on the head, including um, the part that where you and I had discussed a little while ago about a lot of things where women are like got this, like my brother said, a laundry list of what they're looking for in the brother. But then the way I look at it, even in my career as a professional photographer, I have seen women out here, not all women, where they are trying to, you know, look for their prince charming. And in a lot of cases, that's not going to happen. Because even though they got their list and everything else, but it's also a thing where um, the best way I can put it is that, uh, you know, even when they do pit with a guy, it's a thing where, um, you know, they still don't have a clue on what, what they want with him. As long as he has a job, as long as he has money, a car, a place to live, and everything, it's all good. But if he doesn't have any of the above, it's like, you're wasting my time. All right. And, and, and I think we have a late young lady in there. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow her to come into our love zone, our love zone barbershop tonight. Well, we got the barbershop cooking because I figure if the lady can uh, ask for a man to take the cornrows out of her hair, then I want a lady to shake me up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I want a lady who can get the barber clippers going, and I don't want to be bald. Is uh, Felicia there? Is Felicia now in the side of the love zone? Felicia, are you here with us? Hello, Felicia. Don't be shy now. <laughs> Hello, Felicia. Are you there, honey? Felicia, are you there? I think she might have disappeared. Well, I Felicia, off, there, uh, <laughs> I, I I won't force I won't force Felicia in the barbershop. I won't. Uh oh, I, 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 I Felicia is here. Hello, Felicia. How are you? Welcome to the Love Zone. Fine, thanks. Hi, how are you? I, I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the gentleman speak, so we're going to leave the microphone for you to comment on what you've heard so far. Or whatever you want to say, uh, Felicia, be my guest. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I tend to agree with a lot of what the gentleman said. To me,
me, I think a lot of it has to do with expectations. And, uh, can you hear? Your phone sounds like it's breaking up, please. Hello, Mike. Uh, yeah, Felicia's phone. Uh, my phone's kind of distorted. Yeah. I can't really hear what she's saying. Yeah, Felicia, are you? I can hear you a little bit better now. Um, sounds like we also got me in the background. Maybe your speakers are causing an adjustment or something. Uh, are you in a cell phone, Felicia? By any chance? No. Okay. Well, we truly want to hear what you have to say. Go ahead. Try it again, and uh, I'm going to be quiet. Okay. Uh, that I wanted to do was that I tend to agree with a lot of the, what the authors were saying. Really, I think it has a lot to do with expectations. Uh, I know a lot of black women will be upset with me, but uh, there's nothing wrong with having expectations. Then I've learned over the years that a lot of black men tend to put all these expectations on men, and often it's illness, so they're performing on stage. You know, another like I used to do it when I was growing up. If you want to make a car, money, sure you have that yourself. So I think that the expectation can uh, have a on the communications. So, but then there's flip side to that also. Being a woman at 49 years old, men tend to think it's strange because I'm single. But again, as I said, it's the word. You know, I said to my niece not so long ago, if your husband wants to cook in the morning and you don't like to cook breakfast, you know, talk about that because that's one of the expectations. I think that we make it complicated more than it should. Hank, Jacques, if you could understand what she was saying, would you like to comment uh, on that before I... I was just going to comment on it. I was going to say that, Mike. Um, I really... Couldn't understand. I know she said that she agreed with a lot of the points we made, but I really couldn't make out the rest of what she was saying. So I was hoping that you could repeat it back to me or Jacquez could. But uh, she was distorted on my end. I really didn't hear most of it. Okay, I'll repeat it. I said that has a lot to do with expectations. I think it was something to do with the expectations of women, uh, Jacquez and Hank. Um, that's what I could make out from it. I, I, I really, exactly. you know. Can you hear me? Okay. I don't know what's going on, Mike. Can you hear? It's it's coming. It's, it's breaking up a little bit, Felicia. Maybe it's a signal, or or are you in the right room? Uh, maybe a signal problem on your phone, or you said you were on a landline. I'm still here. Yeah. Okay. That's a little bit better. Uh, yeah. Now I can hear you. Hello. Go ahead. Okay, you can listen to him. What I was saying was that I just think that a lot of black women have expectations, uh, which is being wrong with that, but they need to put all of their inner expectations on men. And therefore, men can end, especially black men, in illness, so he's performed or he's on stage. Correct. Correct. I agree with you. I agree with you. Benefit. Say that, say that to me, Mike. I really didn't hear her again. Say that to me so I can comment she on it. She said she was, she was basically talking about women's expectations. She puts it on men and uh-huh. make, make us feel like we're on stage. In other words, like we've got to perform. And, 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 and that's oh, a lot sure. of pressure sometimes when you have the spotlight on you. Uh, if, if, if you guys know where I'm, I'm just trying to translate it in the shortest amount of, amount of space. What do you feel about that, guys? 
Oh, most definitely. I mean, I feel like a lot of black men are expected to be so on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I mean, we can show no weakness, no emotion, no um, no signs of any fatigue whatsoever, or we're considered weak. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of women that read this book, you go to Amazon.com and read some of the um, reviews, you know, they we were called every name in the book. I mean, we're weak, we're um we couldn't handle black women. I mean, that's all our data is black women. But that's not true. It's just like what you, I'm saying is go ahead go ahead, Dr. Wiz. It's just like you said, not to cut you off, it's just what you said when you said we're always expected to be on. You know, but you have some women that when they hear us say that, they look at it like, you know what, you're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to always stand up. You're never supposed to cry. You're always supposed to be the provider. That's what men do. Okay, that's just fine. But what if we looked at a woman and said, you're supposed to stay at home. You're supposed to clean the house. You're supposed to have babies. You're supposed to cook. But that's a problem. Why is it that you can always remind us of our role, but we can never once look at a woman and remind her of her role? Because that's what women do. Mm-hmm. I, I can you hear me? Okay. I mean, in reference that I, a lot of those expectations come from uh, women that having father roles in their life. So therefore, when they end up having sons, they put a lot of that pressure on them. Also, so most often, always don't get to be born like a transfer transfer. It was very choppy. Why don't I do this? I'm going to come back. We're going to come back with you guys, and I hope you guys uh, stick around with me. Felicia, let my uh, producer see if he can help you out with that phone situation. We're going to go into some music. I want to go into some music right now, uh, and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the book. Are you guys going to hang around with me? Because we're going to have some fun tonight. Yeah, yeah we'll be here. Oh, yeah. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere, we're just, Mike. We right here. We're, we're, getting, <laughs> we're, getting in sec- we're getting in second gear. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, inside the Love Zone, the show Shirley Mike T. And what we're going to do, if my producer would like to take everybody back into the uh, Love Zone screening room, I'm going to continue with more music. This is Maze here inside the Love Zone, and it's called After the Morning After.
This one is for the lady. Shorty gonna say what's on her mind. Shorty gonna stand the test of time. Shorty make a man stand strong. Shorty, she's my world. Shorty, 
My partner does does not have a formal education. She does not she does most of the housework. I cook, we both take care of the kids. I make more money than her, but at the end of the day, we have taken care of our responsibilities. We love each other, our kids, and the life we have built together. That is what counts. Honestly, Mike, I think most women in general are looking for some prince or princess charming to come sweep them off their feet with lots of money, status, and a lifestyle that really does not exist. That's it. Oh. You come? Oh, you come? No, that doesn't surprise me in one bit because, you know, we even say that in our book. There are some race, there are other races outside of blacks, um, African-Americans that um, think that black women act this way. But they stay pretty tight-lipped about it out of fear of, you know, being intimidated or being attacked or being called a racist. So a lot of times they keep their mouth shut, but when you sit with them and they feel comfortable enough to express themselves on that view, you pretty much get the same re- you pretty much get the same reaction that she just gave. And they just can't understand why is it like that. You know, Mike Sometimes and I say um, Go ahead. I say, you know, her her perception is right on. I mean, she she couldn't have gotten it any better. I mean, this this does not or naturally this is not a, apply to every single black woman in America. I wanna clear that up. We're not talking about all of them, but I mean, you know, the majority. I mean, yeah, she, she. I couldn't have voted better myself. I mean, it's just, I don't know if they live in fantasy land or if there's just a level of expectation, especially the part where she made the comment about using their success and their education and their money as an intimidation factor. And you know, you got to understand that is like, that. I mean, that is that is really bad in America, especially with black women, because the first thing you hear. When you try to talk to one, I've talked to them, and uh, Jacquez and other friends of mine have talked. The first thing that come out their mouth is their accomplishments. I got a Ph.D. and such and such. You know, I'm independent. I got my own this. I got my own that. And say, see that car out there? $50,000. I paid for it. And I'm like, why the hell are you telling me this? I mean, what does that have to do with us getting to know each other um, and getting to um, coming together as one? God made woman as a help me, to help man, not as, not to give her all these gifts. And women are truly gifted out. You know, I can't even take that away from them. But they were made to help men in a, in a vision that we have, not to intimidate, not to hold over our heads. And like, like the woman just said, she's a lesbian, but she has a better understanding of home than most men and women have, most straight men and women have. At the end of the day, it's about our home, our kids, our family, and how do we help this family grow with what we know and what we have and what we've accomplished, not holding our education or our money or our bank accounts over someone's head. That includes men. Men shouldn't do it to women either. I mean, but, I mean, I, I applaud her on her comment. I mean, that was that was dead on. That was my the comment. The way I look at it, when she's speaking, what she was speaking on, women always use this as a scapegoat when they're so-called independent and they have all of these things and they have all the success. They use the fact that men don't approach them or they can't keep a man because a man is intimidated. That's not true at all. The reason is a man is getting tired of you always throwing it in their face. Men don't like to hear that. You know, it's, I'm, I'm very happy that you have success and that you're doing well in your life, and I applaud you for it, but I don't always need you throwing it in my face. It's just like I said, I feel like true strength and true independence 
is exuded. It's not proclaimed. What I mean by that is you don't always have to say that I'm independent, I'm strong. It will radiate from you through your actions and the way you carry yourself. The way when you're constantly proclaiming it, that says insecurity in my book. It says who you're trying to convince, myself or you. All right. And, Mike, you know, All right. you know Mike, it's like uh, if, I, if I come to the club, like with men, and I have a problem with men doing it too, men come to the club and they're shaking those car keys in front of the girl. They got a Mercedes or, or a Lexus or whatever, and they just come just shaking them keys in the Speak face. On it. They're talking, and they're talking about, yeah, baby, how you doing? You know, I got a condo overlooking the river, and uh, I've got a house in Italy with my – I mean, how obnoxious is that? You don't like it when men do well, it, so why the hell do you do it to us? You see what I'm saying? I mean, I hate, the women, you know, like, like Dr. said, you know, women say, oh, you know, he's intimidated, he's scared. No, you're a bitch. That's the problem. That's the issue. It's not about us being scared or being intimidated. The problem is you're a bitch. Excuse my language again, but I'm just being real, and nobody wants to deal with that kind of attitude. That's how you're acting. Hank, Let me tell you guys something. I, I think I'm a little older than you guys. We're not going to talk about ages tonight, but I have to admit this. I have to admit this. I uh, was raised in the streets by a pimp. Yeah. God rest his soul. His name is Pinky. And he taught me at a very young age, he said, if you lead with your pocket, you're going to die by your pocket. So if you think you can attract a woman by the money, the cash flow, or the car, when they take that away, and trust me, he said, one day it will go away. Uh, He said, how much of a man are you, and where will she be after your material things are gone? I learned that about exactly. 11 years old from a pimp, good friend of mine. God rest his soul. <laughs> if, I, I, if I could drink with that man. So I learned a lot from him via life, and that's yeah. what the show is about, sharing experiences. So those guys that want to go in the club and leave with your pocket, yeah, I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here because when you lose that car, when the man takes that job away, what are you then? So, exactly. you know, we're speaking on both sides of the fence. I think we got two callers on the line. Let's see if we can get uh, get them in. Uh, my producer, we got uh, Eric uh, and Alicia. Alicia, Eric, why don't you join us here inside the love zone? There's a lot of love up in here. Don't don't mistake the the, the, the passion. <laughs> there is a lot of love up in here. Let's see if we can get them in. Alicia, Eric, hello. Let's see. Well, I think we're going to get him. We got another gentleman on the line as well. Let's see. Alicia, Eric, are you there? I'm getting a note from my uh, my uh, producer. Okay, Uh, I think I got Eric in here. Alicia, are you there? Definitely want to. Make room for the ladies tonight. Yeah, please do that. If oh. you need to get Alicia in, I'll go out. No, no, no. Y'all both can get in. Y'all, we got 50 lines, ladies and gentlemen. And if you'd like okay. to call in while we're waiting for Alicia, uh, 347-539-5729. Why don't we take Eric? I hear Eric on the line from New York. Eric, what do you have to say about our uh, comments tonight on the show? 
I mean, um, first of all, I just want to, um, you know, thank those guys for coming on. Um, I'm definitely going to get the book and, and uh, you know, look a little more deeply into what they're talking about. But, I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough situation, I mean, because, you know, the bottom line with a relationship in the end is, um, you know, it has to be love there. And kind of what I was saying in the screening room is that, you know, it's difficult to have a relationship and love someone and love them for the right reasons if you don't even love yourself, you know. So a lot of people don't know how to love themselves, and it's going to be very difficult for them to meet someone and have a positive, uh, um, I guess, relationship with them if they can't, you know, love unconditionally or know how to love someone else. So, you know, unfortunately it starts with, you know, the person. So, I mean, that's where I stand. You know, I heard everything else about expectations, but I think even before you get to expectations, you know, women or the men need to look and say, do I love myself? You know, because if you don't don't start there and love yourself, how could you really know and understand how to love anyone else? That is so true. Go right ahead, because I'm sure it's pigeonholed to a certain percentage of women in our audience. So go ahead. I, I have to agree with Eric, man. I mean, part, but one of the major things about loving yourself, the first step is to be honest with yourself. And so mm-hmm. with, with that being said, that's one of the reasons why we wrote the book the way we wrote it. And also I tell men all the time, now this is, some, this is the fault that the men have. We as men do have a problem. We, we tell them what we want to hear, what, what they want to hear, I'm sorry. And like as opposed to telling them what, what is what the truth is what um, what what we really like what we are really like as a person and I think once that once we and as I said once you whatever you start you got to continue once we um, show that illusion you got to keep it up that's why so many women are saying well you're not the person that uh, that I was that, that he was when I married him because he's changed no he didn't change baby he became himself real him that's the, that's the real him no the the illusion was when you first met him. And he was telling you everything you want to hear. Oh, yeah, I think women should be respected. And I think we're all equal. And I think that, uh, you know, independent women is a good thing. I want a woman with her own car and own, you know, with a fierce attitude. I mean, it's just basically gassing your head up. But mm-hmm. I agree with Eric 100%, man. I mean, you got to be honest with yourself. And I, this is the truth. You're going to lose a lot of women being honest. Yeah. I mean, I've, right. dated, I've dated a lot. You're going to lose a lot of women. You're going to um, have some lonely nights because... A lot of women can't handle honesty, but you are going to eventually find that one that's going to be on your level, that's going to accept you as is, you know, yeah. accept you real you. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, just like you said, women have, been, women have been told, you know, what they wanted to hear for so long, and, I mean, it's, it's just okay. been embedded in them for so long that when they finally do hear the truth, they can't deal with it at all. Well, is Alicia on the line? Let's see I if Alicia... Alicia, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Welcome to the Love Zone. I hope this isn't too rough for you, but we just keep no, it straight tonight. Truth is the truth. Uh, oh, your telephone sounds great. Matter of fact, I'm gonna buy me one of those. What telephone do you have, Alicia? I just have to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my landline, so that's why it's so clear. Oh, okay. All right. So, what would you like to say, Alicia, in regards to any other comments? My argument is going to seem kind of old simply because I'm going to talk about something you talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, I'm not sure who the guys interviewed, you know, when they were writing the book, but I'm definitely a black woman who is looking for a man with character. That is the first thing I look for. So 
like I said, I'm not sure who you interviewed, but you definitely didn't interview me. Okay, Alicia, can I ask you a couple of questions? I don't mean to put you on the spot. Hold on, fellas. I'm going to let you guys get in. Alicia, you're, right. you're from what, what area originally? I'm uh, from North Carolina. And, and that's where you live now? No, I currently live in Atlanta. Uh, so you're from North Carolina originally? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Five, five, five sentences or less because we're short on time. We we, we got time. I, I want to get some more music in, but uh, let me ask you this. Your last relationship, Alicia, five, five sentences or less, why did it end? we we got to play a little hardball here. Lack of communication, both of our parts. Okay. Um, you know what? Well, he didn't value time the way I value time. What? And basically, well, that was two sentences. To sum it up in a nutshell, I don't think I was getting what I deserved. I wasn't getting okay. the time I deserved, and I just I wasn't getting the quality attention that I deserved. And he admitted it. He recently got in touch with me, and he admitted it. He apologized to me, and he said, you know, you deserve so much more, and I did not give that to you, and I'm so sorry. A couple of quick bullet point questions. How long did you date before you uh, got into a commitment? Um, I don't know. I guess about three months. Three months. Okay, 90 days. Uh, did you see any of that lack of communication during that 90 days? I always say a tiger doesn't strike, it's change of stripes. Let's see. Did I? If you think in 2020 I saw, hindsight. I saw the busyness. He was always very, very, very busy. And that okay. should let me know then that, you know, maybe this is not what, I, what I'm quite looking for. But, yeah. I think the signs are there in the beginning, and we have a way of overlooking things or, you know, looking through the rosy colored glasses. But um, So you, you're a woman that likes attention, needs attention, wants attention. Is that yeah, my quick, quick, but, quick analysis? Yes, you're right. Okay. And you saw that, that attention was lacking during the 90 days. But what did you, when you said rosy colored glasses, what did you see that, that overshadowed that? And can I just be straight up front? Was there any intimacy during this 90 day trial period? A little. Not all the way. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, 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 this I'm show is about. on the radio? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Alicia. No, this is just about keeping it real. Oh and and we, we had a psychologist on a couple of weeks ago, and he said we let our emotions and our feelings get away, get in the way of what we should be looking at. So can I can I just say safely that was part of the reason the rosy rosy colored glasses, and and it, and it kind of you missed missed some of the things that you saw a little later. Would that be a fair? Assessment? I agree. I do. I do. I just, right. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. <laughs> it's a place where we live in. It's a place where we live and learn, Alicia. Now, is there anything, if fellas, you guys want to say anything? I'm done. <laughs> hey, how you doing, Alicia? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, we when you all uh, were talking about communication, it's just like what we were saying before. People aren't being honest with each other when they sit down. I look at it like. When you first meet someone and you decide that you're feeling them and you might want to get to know them better, you guys need to sit down and right away put everything on the table because the last thing you want to do is waste each other's time. For example, just like we said, men are sexual creatures. I know sex is inappropriate, but when you all get to that point where you just start talking that way to each other, let it be known what it is that you're into. 
and what you want to do because what if down the line you're playing around and you're not telling her what you want and she has no idea what it is that you want and vice versa, you all aren't fulfilling each other's needs and that's what causes you to go off to outside of the relationship. And she looks at it like, why are you doing this? And you tell her why. She looks at you like, I didn't even know you liked it. <laughs> so basically, honesty is the most important thing. You should start out being honest exactly. in the beginning. Don't sugarcoat exactly. anything. And, and, and it's just like I said, as far as women go, when a man, women have a real bad habit of um, doing things for a man, and let's say that particular guy didn't appreciate it and he cheated anyway, it's just because there just are some bad guys out there. We're not saying that it's always all the woman's fault. Women have a tendency to think that I did all of this for one guy, and since he didn't appreciate it, no man will, and they stop doing it all together. Don't think that way. Not every man is the same. And it's just like I said, when a man, he is open enough to tell you what it is that he's into and what he likes, don't belittle him or ridicule him about what it is that he likes. He's trusting you enough now to open up to you and express himself with you. And if you down him about it, now his feelings are hurt and he's going to regret opening up to you and he's never going to do it again. You know what, Mike? Mm-hmm. Uh, Alicia, I mean, I'm going to tell you something. Um, like you said, you were raised by a pimp. And one thing I've learned, I've met a few pimps in my lifetime too, and they, if one thing about, if I don't really care for the lifestyle, but one thing I've always appreciated is that they probably were more honest and made more sense as opposed to maybe a doctor or someone else that was giving me a philosophical or a psychological answer that was correct. I mean, hmm. you would be amazed at the at the men that go to strip clubs just to talk to women, just to talk to strippers, I mean, to just talk to prostitutes, someone that's not going to judge them. They can speak their mind. They can be free. They, they're like, they like some of the best psychologists in the world because – you know, because I guess to their profession, you can't, they can't really judge anybody, but that also is why a lot of men go. It's not even necessarily, it's not even necessarily about the sex. It's not about any of that. Men feel like they cannot talk to their wife or their girlfriend or their significant other, whether they're gay or lesbian, straight, bisexual, whatever, out of fear of being judged. They want, you know, they don't want to be judged. They don't want to be criticized. They don't want to be ridiculed. I want to be able to tell you, Alicia, that I feel this way about, you know, certain sexual stuff or certain things. And, and I want you, I don't want you to be, why are you into that? Why do you like this? What's wrong with you, man? I, said, I mean, you just, I just want to have a friendly ear that I can talk to that'll just listen now, and say, well, you know what? But, yeah, now, now let, let me, sorry, let me interject with that. Now, I mean, so far it seemed like we've been talking about the whole honesty thing. So I think I understand exactly what you're saying. Is that Larry? Yes, how you doing? Okay, I, yeah, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I think you're right. I think it goes on both sides of the street for women as well as men that, uh, you know, trying to open up. Obviously, once you open up, you're trusting someone to a degree with some internal things that are very sacred or very important to you, some things you may keep in that special place. But if we're going to be on the honesty uh, tip, then that means that, you know what, if you're if you're going to open up and trust this person, then you also have to open yourself up to criticism, and it may not be necessarily what you want to hear. So I think from that perspective as well, 
once you make that decision to open up, meaning that you feel a certain way about this person that you can't trust them to a degree, then you have to be able to take whatever they tell you. Like you said, if you said, you know, I like these type of sexual things or this, that, and the other. And she goes, well, damn, what's, what's wrong with you, this, that, and the other? Yeah, you got to, at that point, create a dialogue. Because if, I think if you opened up enough to trust this person, then I think this person probably is open-minded enough that you guys could either agree to disagree or you can have a constructive conversation where she at least can see where you're coming from and you can at least see where she's coming from. Let me do this. Let me do this. Let, let, oh, 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 time out, time out. We got two new people in there. I just want to get them there. We got 11 minutes left, and I'm going to try to rotate this as best I can. Now, first, let me just say one thing. We're not going to get to everybody tonight. So I'm, I'm just going to lay this out straight up front. I'm going to put the brothers on the spot. Uh, Hank, Jacquez, will y'all do a part two to this? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll do a part two. Okay. All right. Well, let me do this. Larry, are you there from Boston? Larry, come on in real quick, and I'll try to get Muhammad on. Then we've got some music to play. And we have got an agreement that there's going to be a part two to this. So, Larry, what do you have to say? All right. What I have to say is this real quick. You know, I'm going to let the lady from that little story, the lesbian lady that mentioned about the chip on the shoulder. Right. Some, all right. Let's think about it this way. Why, why do they have a chip on the shoulder? With all, uh, this, you you know, with, with all this success and, you know, uh, somewhat, why do you think they have a chip on the shoulder? Yeah. Because uh, they still ain't well, happy. Past <laughs> experiences, well, bitterness. Well, uh, I, to me, to me, oh, uh, ghost, there's a ghost. There's a ghost behind her that's fueling her, and I think it's the white man. Mm, all right. They run right. corporate. They listen, listen, listen. They run corporate yeah. America. Us black men are pretty much the biggest threat to them. And I, I sure know because I went through that experience. Mm-hmm. To find out that to, fi- to find out that you, you're in a position that you want to go further enough, and they're finding out that you're going for your CPA. Uh-uh. They want to get, they, they want to get rid of you. And I saw it in front of my eyes, and they replaced me with a black woman. Mm-hmm. All right. Larry, would you hold on for a second? I want to get Muhammad in here real quick. we got about uh, Go nine minutes left. Uh, Muhammad, can I get you on the line from yes, Oklahoma? Sir. How you doing, sir? Muhammad, I'm going first of all, you are doing a wonderful job. Thank you, sir. Go ahead and make your point. I don't want to, you know, cut you off. I want to get you in because I know you've been waiting. Well, I just want to say this, you know, I, I, the thing about we talk about why black women are alone, there's so much, this, this is such a multi-elemented um subject, but I'll say this, you know, that was three things I always got to go to the root, because that's the only way you can even figure out anything out that we're dealing with as black people, you got to go to the root. Mm-hmm. There were three things that was removed during the course of slavery. The science of business, the science of war, and the science of mating. These three sciences are what make life what it is. And so, so, and so because we don't, we don't understand the value of one another, and if you don't know the value of something, and you don't know the nature of something, then, then, then misuse and abuse comes into play. So we look at each other, dealing with each other based on a false precept of one another because we don't, we don't, we don't know how to deal with one another. So while black women are alone, they're alone for several reasons, not because they don't love black men, because we don't know how to relate to one another. She think I'm crazy, I think she's crazy. But really, <laughs> we, we've allowed a culprit in between us, and so that we've drawn the line in the sand, in the blame game, 
unfortunately, uh, the order of the day. And until, like the brother said, whoever said that we need to have these conversations and get to the root of it, we got to stop blaming each other. Take responsibility, of course, for your part. But the blame game is never going to get this thing solved. Our children are suffering as a result of the separation between the black man and the black woman. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, yeah. La- ladies and gentlemen, I-, I don't mean to cut you guys short. We just have so little time left. And-, and-, and I am so pleased and honored that these gentlemen will come back with us. I want to schedule a date, and I can assure you, Jacquez, Hank, I'm not going to let nothing get in the way of the next date. That's going to happen in a couple of weeks. Just give us time to get the word out again because I know this is a passionate subject. I felt, and I took my time to get it together, and I knew part one would hopefully stimulate what we want to do in part two because we haven't finished this book yet. So, fellas and and ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for your contribution, your thoughts. Hank and Jack Wesley, welcome back. Yeah, you will come back on this show again? Almost definitely, man. Can I make a quick comment right quick? Sure, go ahead. Uh, yeah, um, real quick, um, if there's anybody that wants to get the book, they can go to whyblackwomenarealone.com. They can read excerpts from the book. You can order a hard, co- a hard copy, or you can download the ebook um, to your iPad or to your uh, Nook or anything or your hard drive on your PC. I know a lot of people haven't read the book. They're just commenting on the subject, but I encourage you to read the book and look past the harsh, coarse language we use and get to the passion of what we're saying when we're trying to say to black women, but that's by blackwomenarealone.com, and uh, please order this book. Uh, go to your Barnes & Noble, um, any bookstore, and just put it on order any way you can. Um, in, in part two, I most definitely, I mean, I love talking to you, man. It's, it's been an honor meeting you and talking to you guys and everybody that's called in. Okay. I thank you. Thank you all. All right. On that note, for all of you that called in, I'd like to thank you for your participation. The Love Zone is here, a place where we can live and learn. I'm going to close the show out with something that's really dear and true to my heart as well. I am honored that Jacquez and Hank will come back with us. I want to say this. You know, women had a theme song called Ain't Nothing Going On But The Rent. As if black men weren't concerned about the rent. Well, let me just say this. I found this song by a young artist. He is the son of the late, great David Ruffin. He is David Ruffin, Jr. I am going to close with this song tonight, but we are going to schedule another part two, Why Black Women Are Alone. But before I go, I just want to say this song is about, it has a little offensive language to it. Alicia, everybody who came, I thank you so much. But I've got to close with this song because this is the black man's national anthem. I'm going to make it that. Why? Because if a man or a woman has ever had a dream and wanted to make it work and step away from, like Larry said, corporate America, then this song is our national anthem. And and trust me, ladies, we do think about the rent. On that note, I'm going to close Inside the Love Zone with a song entitled by David Ruffin, Jr. We're going to make this motherfucker work, and that's including relationships. Yeah. Rough, man, tell him what up, my nigga. Oh, what up? What it do? What up? What up, y'all? Rep back at you. Make sure you check your boy out. My space, David Ruffin Jr. Yes, sir. 
love you. I just want to know where you are and when you're coming home. Um, no, I'm not really sad. I'm just wondering when you're coming home. I love you. Bye-bye.
Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes. Enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions.